This is the podcast where I have comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Secrets, confessions, raves, that sort of thing. Um, this is a special end of the year episode. I'm doing top 10 clips from the year. I'm super excited about this because there's so many um, episodes that have such great content. And every week I'm like, I'm going to cut clips together and put them on Instagram. And then some weeks I do it, some weeks I don't. Uh, but I do, you know, here's a little pull back the curtain. I do listen to all these episodes and write notes and then I have all these notes and then I'm like what do I do with them so I'm super excited to pull out some some real juicy clips some real juicy nugs for you the listener uh if you're just joining for the first time what a great episode to be joining on because you get a little sampler of everything and if you are a longtime listener longtime confidant well thank you so much and it's a little treat for you a little highlights reel and maybe you missed something or maybe you missed an episode and you want to go back and listen to it this is a great place to start. I just want to say all, all the guests and all the episodes are great. Um, these ten clips are not in any order. It's not like a, it's not like a you know down to up or up to down. Um, they're not in episode order. They're just ten clips that I really love. Doesn't mean other clips are not are not on here. I don't love because there were so many that I really wanted to include. So maybe we'll do this again if you guys like it. Also, I have to say that my little pup, Wushu, is in the room with me, so he might make some noise. Um, and you know what? That's just, you guys, just deal with it. All right, here we go. End of the year episode. Top 10 clips of 2018. That's this year. That's about to end. Number one, James Austin Johnson. This is episode four. Uh, he was actually my very first guest that I ever recorded with. Not the first episode that came out, but the very first guest the very beginning of January 2018, came in the studio, recorded first episode with me. I loved his story so much. He talked about how he got a tattoo of Barack Obama, the president at the time he got the tattoo, on his leg. It's not something he shares or talks about that often. I just happened to hear about it once um, on this very, very small show I used to host called American Pie, where people can... Uh, where people tried something new they've never done before on stage. Um... And it happened to come up in his act. I loved it so much. I told him to come on the podcast and talk about it. Technically, I guess that means it's not a secret, but it still is because there were not a lot of audience members at that show. So I just felt like I had to share it with the world. So here it is. Instead of like launching back into another right, comeback, right. I asked my friend to tattoo Barack Obama on my leg. Like <laughs> he's he's is a, it his face? It's his face. It's it's his face from this GQ cover portrait. And um he kind of looks like he's in Kiss cuz it's like a <laughs> it's like a minimalist outline cartoonish type thing. Uh-huh. It's very realistic and beautiful. Um but uh if you look at it with a certain perspective he looks like he's in Kiss, but it's not. He's not <laughs> supposed to be in Kiss in the it's it's a good it's a good tattoo. Let me tell you. Is that something that you thought, or has someone been like, he looks like he's in Kiss? Someone told me that after <laughs> I got funny. it, and then I was like, all right, thanks, get out of my life, <laughs> asshole. But um, no, like uh, uh, I got the tattoo because Obama was still president, and this other I forgot to tell you about this other instance that happened with my family. Like when when I first voted for Barack Obama, um, it, I was like eighteen. 
-hmm. the first president I was ever voting for. And I was so excited to vote for him because it was the first time that I had kind of realized, oh, I'm not a conservative Republican. I think, you know, different. I just think differently. I think other people exist. <laughs> That's what led me away from. But yeah, I remember we were at like Thanksgiving or something and everyone was talking about the election. And I was like, I voted for Barack Obama. And it was just silence. And that made no sense to me. And I felt so lonely. It was awful. Yeah. I don't know I how know. to describe it. I mean, you're from the Bay, so you like, you've, you, I don't know if you've had anything like this experience. It's like when I tell my mom I didn't get an A on my test. <laughs> I mean, that is also awful. <laughs> but I mean, oh man, like getting a C would be better than feeling like, oh shit, I may not be going to motherfucking heaven. <laughs> I think differently from everyone at this table of people going to heaven. I mean, Asian <laughs> version of that is go. we're not going to go to Harvard, so. <laughs> Harvard is heaven. <laughs> Harvard is heaven. Now I'm just in hell, LA. No, I'm just kidding. LA, it's baby. LA. It's hot over here. That does sound, it's like bombing, but to the people that you love the most. It's like bombing to the people, and then after you bombed, it's like, oh shit, he is one of those. You know what I mean? Like, if you watch Fox News every day, all the time, 24-7, like my grandfather does, you you will think people like me are the are your worst nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the, like you remember how everyone was screaming about, like, Antifa with the black hoods? Right. These Antifas <laughs> with the black hoods are everywhere. And Joker is going to rob the vault, <laughs> and he's using the Antifa oh as a distraction. You know what I mean? Like this. Okay, calm but down. You we're were just watching, wearing You were watching all that and in that same world. So, yeah. was there? Did you feel like somebody, somebody in your family, must sort of like, you know, would you felt like you could get through to them? Like th that they, someone surely must through. feel the same way as you if you've had the same background and you think these things. Maybe somebody else is questioning. I mean, I have since met pe more people like me mm -hmm. that came from my shit. Like, uh, there's a great girl from the Nazarene world in the improv scene out here named Allie Beardsley, who's oh, like okay. my dude. She's my <laughs> motherfucking dude. She's so good. Um, she's really funny, and she kind of gets like the weird thing that we both come from. Yeah. Um, but this was before you went to college too, right? So you sort of came to this realization on your own? Or were you in college? This, this was, no, this was like slowly building up. But like, so Barack Obama was the first president I voted for, and, you know, he's still – you know, he's he still is a president, so he uh -huh. doesn't meet every expectation. We're still in Afghanistan and right. shit. You know, s stuff could have been better. I agree with you there. But I still was proud to vote for the first black president. And coming from such a conservative background, I knew that my grandfather, you know, as much as he loves Republican, you know, life, he – a lot, a huge part of that is hating tattoos and piercings, like okay. a big anti-hippie sentiment. Right. Hating long hair and men with ponytails. <laughs> oh, God. Tattoos and piercings. Uh-huh. And being disgusted with, like, the LGBT community because that sort of, like, is, like, a thing that came with the sexual revolution for them. Like, that was, like, that's too mind-blowing for them. They mm -hmm. can't – they just, like, fritz out. Like, they can't <laughs> handle that. Oh, man. It's so hard just being like, you know, it's okay for someone to be different. Have long hair and piercings right. and be different from you. It's fine. You know, it's okay. <laughs> piercings don't mean anything. It's fine. They're not taking away They're not, from you. Yeah, nothing had nothing to do with it. But they hate piercings <laughs> and tattoos. So That's a, yeah. I thought instead of like 
firing back some acid over text about Trump that I could just get a tattoo <laughs> of the black president who I voted for, who I liked. And underneath it says, I love my black president. Because <laughs> I, I love my black president. I got it while he was still president. Trump hadn't been inaugurated yet. I was like, this is my, this is, this is something that's important to me. Did you guys like that clip? What a great clip. Oh man, what a great clip. All right, this next clip, moving right along. Number two, Edgar Monplaisir. He was guest number one from episode one. Uh, what a great episode. Edgar is so great. This is still the top listened to episode of this entire show. Very popular episode, very popular guest. He told a story about how he got in trouble in um, college for something that he got everyone to assume he was innocent for. And on this very podcast, he admitted that he was actually not innocent at all. So it was a real fun little twist, you know, like an M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. Um, Edgar is one of the co-hosts of Culture Kings on How Stuff Works Network. I've been on that podcast before. It's a great podcast. I will be on their live show January 13th at Dynasty Typewriter. So go check it out. You can see me. You can see Edgar. Um, you know, just it'll be like the gang's back together. All right. Here's the clip. And you did it. And this is the first time you're telling the world. Yeah. I remember not even my girlfriend at the time knew. And I told her like a year later, it was like, this. it was like midnight on January 2015, I want to say. Uh -huh. Like January 1st, 2015, at midnight, I was just like, Caitlin, I have to tell you something. I spit in the trash can. And then she started laughing super loud because <laughs> it was like a big moment. Like you have to understand that I was expelled from school and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Like I was like, oh, fuck. I think I really fucked up my life. Like my parents were like calling every day. My mom like wrote like this really long letter begging like the school to forgive me and stuff like they required me to go to like a psych eval because they were just like, this is like a turbulent behavior. And then I was like, nah, man, I'm just trying to be a dick real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good clip. All right. Let's move right along. Number three. This is one of my favorite episodes. This is one of the episodes I send to guests when they're coming on the show to say, like, if you've never heard the podcast, here's an example. This was episode 10 with Jamie Loftus. Um, she talks about how she got a car without a driver's license still to this day doesn't have one what a fucking insane story i super love this story um and jamie is just so lovely so funny follow her and everything she does she's just i was gonna say she's gonna blow up but she's already blown up she's you know pretty famous and cool and great and has a dog that i love please look at her instagram there's a dog on it okay anyways here is um here's a story of uh how she finally got rid of the car oh sorry not how she got rid of the car the her final straw for why she decided to stop driving this car that she owned for a year that she was driving without a license here it is this incident happened um april 2017 and then i just par i called phil again <laughs> like crying and was like i don't know what to do and like can you so what happened was i i've was it's weird how Phil, my friend Phil, is like involved in every step of my car, but for whatever reason he is. So I was visiting him at work because he gets free lunch every day, and I was like, nice. "Yeah, let's fucking like go to the DreamWorks cafeteria and like <laughs> chow down." So we, so we had like just had a really nice lunch, and then I was like driving home, and I hit another car, <gasps> and it was not it was not a bad hit, but it like scratched it. 
and wait did you have insurance no you can't oh, okay. <laughs> you can't have insurance <laughs> if you don't have the title or a license or any like I didn't have any okay um I could pump gas and <laughs> I could get the oil changed which I learned you don't need to show your license to get an oil change uh, for all you unlicensed drivers <laughs> out there, um, but hot tip, but yeah, so I did like graze a car and he was like, let's get each other's insurance information. And I just like burst into tears. I'm like, I can't and blah, blah, blah. And he too, I mean, he could have really fucked me over and instead he only sort of fucked me over where I think he like sort of saw an opportunity to (laughs) see how much cash he could get from me Uh. to not call the cops basically. So, uh, I ended up basically giving him most of my savings and cash. You should have been like, well, the car's worth $400. So do you want that? Well, then I got my friend in trouble though. Cause it was like the title was so, and she, she had, you know, taken my word at face value that I had a driver's license. (laughs) So I couldn't give him the car and he basically like demanded X amount of dollars in cash. And he's like, follow me to the bank right now and pull out the money. And so I called Phil and I was like, can you just come with me so I don't get like murdered? And Phil was like, yeah, sure. And so Phil came and like. Couldn't at that point you could get him arrested for threatening you. Is that a thing? Extortion? Uh, Well, then I guess you you then get yourself in trouble too, but. Maybe you could get then more out of him. You'd be like, well, I own up to not having a license. I'll pay the fine. But now he is in trouble for extortion. The way I tried to view it was like, okay, given that I never had to pay for insurance, (laughs) never had to pay a car payment, it was just like that. the amount that he he made me take out $2,000 in cash. Give him two thousand dollars cash, which was that hurt, physically hurt all me. I had saved. Oh my god! Uh, in like the year and a half I lived there, but whatever, you know, it's like that or uh, who I do, I literally don't even know what would have happened if he had called the police. And so I just had <laughs> Phil like stood in line with me at the bank, and I was just I like very shadily was just like, "Can I have all my money?" And they were like, "Are you safe?" And I was like, "Yes." Oh my god! Gave me like basically emptied out my bank account, <laughs> handed it to this man. Who would man. they know though if you weren't? Because uh, clearly you would be in a position, a compromised position. I don't know. They, banks need I to have thought about this more. In so long. It's oh sorry. no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's I sorry was... for making you tell this story. No, no. It's a it's, it's a very fascinating tale. to me because it, the fact that you got away with it for a whole year. Yeah, it, I mean. The fact that I continued driving after I was pulled over six months in was like, okay, at that point I am literally asking for it. Um, but yeah, so it, so it ended with that and I was just like, I just overwhelming shame and embarrassment and luck that Phil was there and able to help me out and was so nice about it because he knew I was a fucking idiot <laughs> and I knew I was a fucking idiot but it, he also knew that eh, tell me I'm a fucking idiot later like uh-huh. so he we gave this man like all my money and then he left and I had to just be like well I hope that he is good for not 
calling the cops anyways, right. which, you know, um, to date he has been. <laughs> and um, I, Phil drove us to Dunkin' Donuts because I'm from New England. And Aww. he was and like bought me a large iced coffee because he's the best pal in the world. Aww. And then drove me back to my house, parked my car in the garage and it stayed there for a year before I got rid of it. Pretty crazy story. It's like one of those dreams you have, you know, when you're driving and you shouldn't be driving when you're a kid and you can't drive and you you have anxiety because you're driving. Anyways, I feel like that that was what Jamie's story did to me. It just gave me a lot of anxiety. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. All right, moving on to clip number four. This is Michael Swaim. Um, oh, my God. You know you know him from Cracked and Small Beans. This was episode 20. He told uh, he told two confessions. Uh, the first confession was um, how he had to do brown face in a th- theater production in high school. The second confession that kind of went with that was how he uh, lost his virginity during that production. And and this is, uh, this is sort of like both light and dark at the same time because you know, we get into some heavier stuff. Um, so I guess trigger warning for those of you who, uh, I don't know, <coughs> get triggered. Um, but we, but we talk about how theater kids are horny in this clip and, uh, and how high school kids did not have a good sense of consent. So I hope things have gotten better. Anyways, here's that clip. I'm so glad we got all the way through that without discussing the virginity loss the that virginity. happened uh, <laughs> uh, in the wings while the play was going on. While it was happening? Yes. It seems like you want to talk about it. No, we can move on. <laughs> We're low on time. I'd rather play a game. Okay. It uh, probably goes kind of how you'd imagine it would go. I've never, um, <laughs> I didn't lose my virginity until like senior of college, but I was in a play once in high school where I got felt up behind the wings. I think it's pretty, it's weirdly common, but not good. Don't do this, high school kids. High school kids are so, like, so much more sexual, too, than I feel like their counterparts. Maybe because they're, like, getting in the characters of these adults. Oh, you mean the drama kids? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I want to do a whole episode of Rough Stuff when they let me back Yeah, why are they so sexual? Drama was so sexually Like, all the cast parties were just, like, people feeling each other up. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Um, so ca- I, I just want to dispense the three funny facts since I'm never going to speak of this again. Okay. Was speaking of getting felt up. That's how it all started is it was cold and Julian at that time of year. And the green room was outside the building. Okay. It was like a patio. And there's an old, old man there who is a great actor. Who's very, I'm not going to name, cause, but, uh, Morgan Freeman had like a Broadway career and now oh, is wow. in his eighties and was like the prestige actor in the production. Right. Oh, cool. And for example, he had just played Don Quixote there. Uh-huh. In Man of La Mancha. So it's him and me and this girl. And I'm rubbing my hands saying my hands are cold. And she just takes my hands and puts them in her bra around her boobs. And the uh, elderly man gets up and is like, I know it's, it seems exciting, but it's trouble, boy. Like, oh, stay no. away. And he just walked away. Oh, my God. And later I ended <laughs> up losing my virginity to that girl in the wings. In between the part where I go off stage and what? come back on for the third act have never told anyone that uh and then she went home with two firemen that oh night my God. and it broke my heart <laughs> oh it sounds like she also had a lot of issues and then of course <laughs> as i grew up because i was only 15 or i wouldn't i was like did i take advantage of her that someone is dealing with some shit obviously no but uh, this was gray yeah. area i mean it sounds like she did take advantage of you i think i was young enough that i was like can be forgiven in retrospect but maybe yeah. I'm, that's wishful thinking 
Man, that's uh, that's heavy. I mean, it's Sorry. like funny. No, it's, uh, it's not because <laughs> like, we're clearly in comedy where we talk openly about it. And that I think that obviously you found healthy ways to express mm-hmm. yourself. But yeah, kids just like, man, kids are fucked up. I feel that's like. <laughs> yeah, you know? man. We used to play this game. Especially in mountain, small mountain town kids. They, yeah. I mean, <laughs> even I grew up in a pretty liberal Bay Area town and like. Our theater class, there was this game that people used to play called the uncomfortable game. I don't know if you guys had a version of this. Literally, the rules of the game are just keep touching each other till someone says <gasps> stop. And then the, ga- the goal of the game is to not say stop first. So, of course, Whoa. whenever guys wanted to play, like you, you can't win. Your tits. You yeah, can't win yeah, that game. Yeah. <laughs> you lose if you say stop. You lose if you don't say stop. And it was a lot of getting Talk like, about trying to learn consent yeah. as like a kid growing up that's so confusing when it's so weird because as we a had girl the penis game where you yell, oh, penis, you yell penis louder yeah. and louder yeah that's class, more yeah. titillating i don't think that's <laughs> yeah, necessarily assault but no, like but this was, was just like assault me like that's yeah, the it is. <laughs> and i guess who invented that game some uh. dude um <laughs> but yeah drama was it's too long to talk about everything but yeah like before i hit puberty i was in drama and the girls that were ahead of the curve or had developed earlier were so sexual. It made me so confused and feel so weird. Like, would get naked just to do their stretches and then put their tights Whoa. back on. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, man. My head is <laughs> whirling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also it doesn't help that I feel like every play or musical has like a prostitute character for no yep. reason. Yep. Like, the world is not full of prostitutes like in the way the theater ex- makes it feel like. I played a syphilitic prostitute yeah, like, in what a the Shakespeare heck? It's just... play where there's no, that's not mentioned in the text and they just added a bunch yeah, of syphilitic all... oh, prostitutes. Really? That was a male syphilitic prostitute. Oh, my God. Cool. Oh my God, guys, we're halfway through. This is clip number five from episode twenty-one with guest Tom Takar. Uh, I I love this episode. Honestly, I always have a good time talking to Tom. I feel like conversation, good conversationalist, good stories, a lot of life experience. Um, but this story was so fun because you know I really related because I used to play Neopets. His confession, if you don't remember, was that he used to cyber sex uh, <laughs> on Neopets. And I mean, I guess if you I guess that's really what you should be doing on Neopets. I don't know. But I, I didn't know anything about cybering when I was on Neopets, mostly just feeding my shoy roux and trying uh, trying to make make some uh, Neopet dollars, whatever they were called. Gold. I don't remember. This clip is fun because we do talk about using chat rooms. I used to lie in chat rooms when I was like eight years old um, and and pretend to be someone else. So I talk about that in this clip and here it is. No, I liked the anonymity of it. Like yeah. I liked that I didn't know what they looked like. We would make up. We, I would be like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm six s- foot three abs, and I'm ripped yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and I like you just lie. And I, like people would be like, oh, it's probably like some dude you were talking to. And I'm like, I don't really yeah, care. Who cares? They're a good writer. Yeah, exactly. That's just fiction. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read novels like, hey, you're not really Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to do a joke about that, but like I dated like, the Snapchat guy. But it was like in the beginning, like the sex wasn't very good because when you don't know someone well, it's not that yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. Some time. But like this, the sex scene was really good. Of course. Because you yeah. can get straight to like what you want right yeah, away. Yeah, you can get everything you need and yeah. you're really just doing it to yourself. So it's yeah. like, but you can make everything out of what you want. By doing that, I'm trying to think if I ever yeah, did that. Yeah, you could be like, I did that with somebody you I was dating. You said you love me and <laughs> <laughs> you're committed to me. Oh my God. Cool. You like show up for my birthday <laughs> and like it's really, you plan a yeah, lot. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So um, horny. What I would do 
it's the opposite of uh having a like a cyber girlfriend it was i would get ashamed as soon as i was finished and mm-hmm. log i would log off and leave them hanging and i felt Aww. really bad about it <laughs> i think that that's like the worst thing about it is i would just be like all right i gotta go yeah i'd just pretend like I try to do a joke about it, about uh, prematurely ejaculating when you're sexting because uh-huh. you're like have to talk like you're still in it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, still very that. hard or whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just logging out immediately. And then I started doing a thing. Do you know what like chat, like chat roulette and stuff like that? Yeah. They had text version of that. So I started just doing that and I got really into like just finding someone who's the right like who's like your age and sure. like who's a lady and uh i mean could you do asl to everybody uh-huh. everybody starts out on chat roulette with like asl <laughs> and then as soon as you say m they're like fuck you were you honest yeah i was honest because i was like i sometimes i would lie and say that i was older yeah i used to lie about my age i never cybered but i would go in chat rooms like the aim ones and uh-huh. uh i would say that i was like a 16 year old blonde girl with green eyes what <laughs> oh my god yeah, that like I hurts my myself. heart oh yeah, no <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i mean now i know why but like back then <laughs> i was, I was like, i guess i was repressing all my yeah. feelings of being different but um, yeah yeah i was always like i'm blonde and green eyes and like, i would just say that i had like i don't know that i said that i had abs but i think i said i was very strong or something there's probably <laughs> stuff women didn't care about on that's there, funny yeah i don't know what a woman even wants to read from a dude like i would ask people like their like bra size or something just to uh-huh. make it sexual whatever they said i was like that's cool, yeah, cool. Like, just a picture in boobs or, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. just that was a fun time when you're just like excited hearing to a hear word bra, bra i was like that's <laughs> yeah. cool panties that's sick that's funny yeah <laughs> but, oh, i think i remember i remember why um green eyes and blonde hair was like the thing for me because there's that do you remember that blink 182 song the party song. Yeah. And in it, he goes like, and then I saw her standing there with green eyes and long Oh, damn. And he says she wasn't wearing underwear. And uh, like that, to me, like stuck out as like, oh, that's just sexual. And so yeah. like, guys want a girl with blonde hair and green eyes. And no underwear. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's wild. I wonder what... It, my mom was really into Chippendales guys <laughs> when I was a kid. So I think I was just describing those guys. It really hurt my feelings. I remember we would watch this show. It was like a reality show about guys trying to become Chippendales guys. And the okay. early, maybe it was the Down Under guys. Oh, like yeah, the Thunder yeah. Down Under guys. But they were so ripped. And I was like, what is she getting out of this? Like, is this what <laughs> women want? Not that yeah, I should be It's like, weird that you're thinking about your mom. I, but I was <laughs> just like, she's the woman around. Not that I was like, I want her to be attractive. Yeah, I yeah. was just like, if that's what women want, that sucks. But <laughs> obviously, some people do. But like... Uh, shit what was the other oh yeah but i found out my mom's just into hunks <laughs> like mm-hmm. she just loves it she'll do this thing she, she'll see like a shirtless guy on the street and stare at him and then be like who would do that who would just go out without a shirt on like she's judging it but she'd really be just like, she's like mm, just real into it that's funny <laughs> wow what a memory what a stroll down memory lane listening to that Guys, we've moved on to clip number six. I hope you've got your champagne ready because uh, we're getting close to the end of the line. Um, and this is episode 14. I had guest Yoni Lotan on another great New Yorker um, who turned L.A. or maybe, I don't know, he comes back and forth. It doesn't really matter, does it? You know, it's a good, it, this is, was a good episode. 
Oh, this was a really fun one because um, we the confession he had come prepared to do uh, was great, but we ended up getting into some heavier shit before he even got to that. And so this is from the beginning because I really feel like it deserves its own episode. He talked about how he has OCD and what it means and how um, how he kind of used it to cope with change. Uh, so we talk about coping, which is something that, you know, I've been dealing with in therapy and I think a lot of people do and we, it shows in different ways for everyone. Um, but in this specific episode, he talks about how he uses his OCD to cope with change and how he always had a hard time with it. And uh, and yeah, I, I just I felt like he made a lot of poignant points and I had a lot of fun. So here's that clip. So for those of you who have OCD or like so for those of you who don't know what OCD is, for me, my situation, and I've definitely I've been diagnosed and I see a therapist for it. Uh, the way I um, define it is somebody who uh, needs control mm-hmm. and somebody who is afraid of losing uh, control and fear of change and fear of um, yeah, for the most part, it's like somebody who wasn't at a young age was never taught the skills to be... To cope. To cope with change and to cope with uh, lack of uh, control. And so what happens is the human brain develops Mm -hmm. these like little... uh, I don't know how to describe it. Little traditions, little things. little, uh, And I'll get to the specifics of it. Little things that help them cope with change. For example, when I was younger, I used to always... I couldn't uh, turn the TV off unless it was on channel 22. Okay. And if, yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. No, I, I had stuff like that when I was younger. I have ADHD, mm-hmm. which is different, but there's some crossover, I think. But when I was younger, I would do things like, uh, you know, like the, I guess this is kind of a cliche one, but cr- like walk in a certain way where I had to count my steps in between cracks. And if they're wrong, I would go back and do it exactly. again. Exactly. But I, I kind of grew out of it, but I understand that because it came from a, I think it came from a feeling of like, Okay, I need things to be in order yes. and for it to be right and for me to know exactly what's going to come next. Exactly. And to this day, I have the same anxieties and same fears of change and lucid control. But because years of being aware of it and learning how to cope with it, I'm like much better. I don't like like and look, you know what? <laughs> it's so funny. The confession I'm going to tell you is nowhere near as big as this confession. But like this should be the confession. Yeah, this is very interesting. Uh, but like there were like I wouldn't change my underwear. Like it's like a serious thing. Yeah. And th- you know what? This is the first time I think I've ever <laughs> confessed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't change my underwear sometimes because I was like so um, afraid of like the concept of change. Like, oh, if I change my underwear, like I had such a good day in this underwear. Okay. Uh, thanks. Uh, so with that said, leading to me in middle school was I had long hair when I was in middle school. Okay. And I looked like a girl. And a lot of it had to do with that I liked a it. A woman? No, I was kidding. Oh, it, yeah. it was a girl. It was definitely a girl. <laughs> You're like in middle school looking like a woman. Yeah. Full grown woman. <laughs> That's my version of a woman. I just like look like a beautiful 38 year old woman. <laughs> just like playing basketball uh-huh. in my backyard uh with Catherine zeta jones all right enough of that bit <laughs> <laughs> so i used to have long hair and a lot of it was i liked how it looked but a big chunk of it was i was afraid of cutting it because sure. i was afraid of 
uh, what would happen if I cut it? Mm-hmm. And uh, it. Whoa. whoa! Did you hear that? I did hear that. It I just re- sounded like a sex noise. Listener, if you heard that, somebody made a. I don't sex think anybody would from the. I don't think it picked up on the audio, but yeah, for the listeners, we both just heard a moan. It just sounded like. Uh, it did. Sound and then like went that. away. We're waiting to hear more sex noise. Anyway, where was I? Yes. So I <laughs> wouldn't change my underwear. <laughs> so I no, I didn't have. I did, I wouldn't cut my hair because I was afraid of what would happen if I did cut my hair. And uh, so throughout the middle school years, I was kind of known as the the boy who looks like a girl, and people called me Pocahontas. That's so uh, mean. But with that said, and I, this is something I take pride in. I I do. I am a very positive person. Uh huh. And I kind of embraced it. Yeah. And I was like, and this is, I guess, a big part of why I do comedy is I learned as a survival skill. I was like, if they're going to make fun of the way I look and I kind of like have to like in a weirder sense have to look like this, like, fuck it. I'll laugh with them. So I kind of like made jokes like I I, like it was so weird. Like I, it didn't. I was never upset. When they call me Pocahontas, mm-hmm. I just thought I was like, "Oh, that's such a like." Why are they making fun of the way I look? <laughs> like, I guess that's I very look, mature. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, they, it sounds like they were immature, and you were able to see past that. Yes, and I definitely like it taught me a lot of, and it's true. Like at a very young age, I was aware that people only made fun of you because they were insecure. Who guys? Do you feel like? I feel like we're growing. I feel like we just grew listening to that. Speaking of growing, oh my God, your hearts are going to grow because this next next clip was from episode 35 with guest Katie Stoll. You know her from Cracked. She also produces some more news. Uh, very great YouTube news desk talk show. It's funny. It's hosted by Cody Johnson, who is also a former guest. And this episode, we talked about how she used to have very sweaty hands, like clinically it was a medical condition called hyperhidrosis and she um, had surgery to get those hands dried out but uh, along the way we talked about um, how we uh, just didn't know how to talk about sex in college even when we were having it and so I felt like this was an interesting clip Um, it came about because the context of this was after she got her um, hands fixed her boyfriend at the time uh, said something to her about the hands about how He was surprised they were so dry when he was expected to, when he expected the wet hands that she always had. And, and it just led to us talking about how, um, we didn't really know how to talk about sex stuff in college. Uh, even, even though, um, we thought we were so old and, and so ready. So that's, here's that clip. You know, but that's another thing about Ah. like, that was a little girl that probably shouldn't have been having sex yet. No, it's fine. That's how we learn. But Uh not really, but like I was in college, college. but I just mean in general and I'm fine. I don't regret my choices, but in hindsight, it's like, well, you clearly didn't have the vocabulary for being intimate (laughs) with people. You know, you didn't have the, you you weren't confident enough. You were really self-conscious about a lot of things. But I think that's normal. College is a time when, yeah, when guys think that the girls like the jackhammer like like and they go on thinking that because we're not telling them anything. well and that's but it comes down to the, now we talk about consent and having communication and i would like to empower sure sure but consent students. versus like enjoyment is a little different yes because totally. i think there are times where i consented but i'd be like ah, 
I guess this is fine. Well, like, I, know. I don't want the attention, but this isn't fun for me. Can't wait till it's over. Like, definitely not like. But that's part assault, of the conversation yeah, now sure. for <laughs> it because a lot of those situations can easily turn into. Oh, for sure, yeah. But and I'm not, you, you know, but I was actually just listening to um, Radio Lab, mm-hmm. and they have a three-part series on consent oh, okay. and oh, different stuff out. from different angles, and it's really interesting. But the third one, um, well, I was talking about like. I think like uh, uh, S&M mm-hmm. workshops, but uh, talking about how, you know, communication and just being able, yeah. uh, like how they talk about and how they teach each other how to uh, communicate to try to protect against any uh, bad situations. Yeah. And just the idea that that, that, that conversation should be taught at a young age. Just for like, sure. like, I think that that should be a part of college. Well, and as also people think, are experimenting for the first time, it's a thing because we joke about it all the time, and it's, e- it's an easy laugh. I'm like, almost like I'm like, at a certain point, this is gonna be like rude to say, but we're not there yet. We're not at equality, but it's an easy laugh to be like, ah, you know, guys can't, guys can't find the clitoris or <laughs> don't know how <laughs> yeah. to make a girl come, which is like, you know what? We were rooting for you. We, we it's funny to laugh to. Oh, at, yeah. but we're we're not trying to keep it that way. Um, and I don't think all men it's are not like, like I that. want that to be my sure. magic secret. <laughs> yeah, and the reason people laugh at it is because it's still very true, but I don't think it's true for everyone. But I, this is the thing it was like when we when we in college not all women but when i did this and i know friends who did this when we like pretend to enjoy something because we don't know how to say what we want not because we uh weren't consenting but just not enjoying the sex yeah. as much as we could i think um guys don't like that either because no guy wants to hear like when they're like oh do you like that they don't want to hear that like no yeah. i was pretending because I just wanted to get through it. Like, yeah. that's a big turnoff, too. I oh, think yeah. guys like it's it worst. when you're, they're doing what you want. And you both, whatever, uh, have fun. So so I think it's a win-win if we talk about it. But uh, Absolutely. But yeah, but I don't think people in college know that. No, don't. they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that clip makes me laugh. Um, okay, guys. We have three more clips for you. And I hope you're holding on to your hats. Because this next one is a good one. This is Caitlin Durante from episode 18. This was super fun. This episode um, is uh, the second most listened to episode after Edgar's, which is really impressive because it's, you know, Edgar's was the first one, but this this one, I mean, I'm not going to say it's because porn is in the title. It probably is, but also because Caitlin and I had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. So if you guys missed this episode, please go back and listen to it because it was real fun. Her confession is that she used to work uh, in casting for porn. I mean... It was like she'll she'll explain it if you listen to it. It she uh, worked with in masturbation videos, and she never she was porn adjacent. She never met any of these porn stars and was not on set or anything. But we had a great conversation, and this clip we talk about um, why even though we're s- me and her and a lot of people in LA and people we know are very sex positive and you know um, have friends that are sex workers and are very uh, supportive of that, why there's still this stigma that exists around sex work. And, uh, you know, and I think uh, I get a little uh, honest here and talk about how I used to feel um, embarrassed about talking about, you know, working uh, as a go-go dancer and kind of go into that a little bit. So here's that clip. Uh, And then I moved away and I was like, all right, I'm moving. Um, I'm going to leave this job now. How um, did it change? Did you did your perception of yourself change like having this job? I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's something that you uh when you were younger ever thought that you would do. Like is it something that you were like, "Whoa, it's so weird that I'm doing this" or you just kind of fell into it and you're like, "Okay, cool." I I think it was more the the latter. Like I cuz there's such 
uh, a huge stigma still around mm-hmm. sex work and people who work in that industry that and I've always I've always hoped at least that I was like a, a tolerant person who sure. you know doesn't judge people for um you know the line of work they go in or I mean assuming that they're not like you know serial murderers or anything like that but um I yeah so I was I like I said like in the interview he was like is this okay that it's porn related and I gave it a moment of thought because I was like well is it like would I am I okay with this like is this like I'm gonna have to tell my mom eventually like Mm -hmm. but that's if she doesn't, if she's not cool with it, that's her problem. That's not my problem. And she ended up being like surprisingly fine <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, uh, although I would imagine that if I had told her that I was like starring in porn films, she probably would have not had the same reaction. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was, I, of course I never was like, Oh, as a young person, I'm going to definitely yeah. work in porn. Um, so I never thought of that as like being a possibility for me. But then when it happened, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah. It's kind of a cool talking point. I think a lot of people, I mean, everybody is porn adjacent. I mean, everybody has interacted with porn, I think yeah, as an adult. So it's like, it's for sure a thing that's a big part of the, I don't know. It's a big industry, but then it's still also so marginalized. I mean, I never worked in porn, but I used to go, go dance. And I remember even f- like for me, cause I came into it through dancing and then just like, a lot of like backup dancers will do that. Just mm-hmm. so it's like a easy thing, but it is really adjacent to like. There's some go-go dancers also are strippers and like mm-hmm. table dancers, whatever. It goes into that territory. But I remember I used to get, um, and I was in college. I was pretty young, so I wasn't so sure of myself. So sure. I would get self-conscious when people would be like, "Oh, are you a stripper?" I'm like, "No, I don't dance for tips. Like, I mm-hmm. get paid by my sets or whatever." Um, and now I'm like, whatever, dude, like yeah. someone dance wants to dance for tips. They're probably making <laughs> way more. <laughs> Strippers probably make way more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I used to make a point to like distinguish it. And then now I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that stigma for sure gets ingrained as a kid. Cause for sure. Media also adds to it. Like when you watch movies and it's definitely like the strippers don't get seen as full people. Oh, for sure. Wow. Guys, two more clips left. Oh my God. Um, I'm really excited for this next one because this was a special episode. We did this episode for Halloween. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I gave you guys two episodes during Halloween because that's how much I love Halloween. So this is one of those. Um, I had Alex Punch, who works with me at Good Mythical Morning and is a little internet star and also a, a fun, cool producer on the show. This was episode 29. And he had an insane story about how he became friends with Post Malone, you know, the singer, and uh, how they went ghost hunting. So here he is talking about what happens when you catch a ghost with Post Malone. And so there's this rumor that he was like messing with stuff with Zach Baggins and he is cursed now. That's like the bit is that he was messing with demonic things that he's cursed. But this is so he's super into it. But this is back in the day. So he (laughs) was like, he's cursed. So he's super into it. He's cursed. So we went over to his house one night. He invited us over. And then Ethan and Hila from H3H3 Productions, sure. there's like th- two YouTuber people. They were like, let's go to this place where Mike and I had shot an episode. So we had shot okay. another episode where we went out into the wilderness and we took a ghost hunter with us. We kind of messed with the ghost hunter guy a little bit. Uh-huh. I feel bad about it. But we had went into this tunnel where supposedly L. Ron Hubbard and this other guy had done like these satanic experiments and stuff back in the <gasps> okay. day. Okay. 
So we went into this tunnel and then Ben, while we were back there, he scratched my back. And then we came out and I was like, oh, that's weird. I feel something on my back. And then I pulled up my shirt and the ghost hunter guy we were with lost his shit. Like he was like, <laughs> oh my God, like you've been attacked. Like we're going to get the fuck out of here. And so I feel bad that we messed with this, this ghost hunter guy who really, really is into this stuff. And believed in it. Right. But that just shows like people believe what they want to believe. Exactly. And they're so excited when you confirm something. Oh yeah. He was so stoked. So we went back to that same place he with Post made Malone. His day. Yeah. Oh, he was stoked. He was like, can I show this to like my society? <laughs> and I think I said like, no, cause I felt bad cause I didn't oh, want, and I didn't want to ruin it in the moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, we ended up, Post Malone saw this too. And he was like, let's go. We should go. And so sure. we were like, yeah, let's go. And we went over to his house and then Ethan and Ela who were there, like those YouTubers, they were like, yeah, we want to go too. And then at one point they were on the phone with Justin Roiland of uh, Rick and Morty. What? But he was too drunk to come. So he was like, I can't go go something tonight, <laughs> which I thought was incredible. It was like <laughs> the fact that Rick and Morty's creator was on the phone talking to us about possibly going go something to this place was like, so funny. It's really surreal night. But did so, you have equipment like, or you just like, let's just show up and see what happens. No. So we had like these weird apps on our phones mm-hmm. and like a couple of recorders and we had a night vision camera that we had taken and like we went out there and I don't even know how to describe the experience. Ghost hunting with Post Malone is serious business. What are you hunting for? Ghosts. Just <laughs> no. But what do you do? Like, let's say you caught one. <laughs> do you cook it in that's a so stew? funny the like, idea of actually catching them <laughs> ghostbuster style is something i don't think people thought I think about people just want to experience right but when you right. say ghost hunting it's like well if you believe in it and you get one so are you gonna just have a chat catch and release like what kind of ghost hunters are you yeah, are you is, like predators where you kill or are you, you gonna hang right, on your wall or? right this is kind of the rub is like so austin very took it very seriously like okay. he's not there to play games and he's there to find a ghost and get his ass haunted that was what he kept it like <laughs> uh-huh. he's there he's trying to get haunted he's trying to make it happen so we were going out there but ethan and Ela, they're recording so they're trying to make a video for their channel sure. to put up so ethan's trying to like say stuff to spice it up and kind of like make things funny and okay. like have things happen and Austin is not into that at all. He's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm trying to hear these ghosts. He's like, I'm trying to hear these ghosts. And then on top of that, we had Post Malone's DJ there. His name is Smitty. Okay. And Smitty had had a few drinks at that point. He's kept on, he's obsessed with the idea of black ghost hunters. Like, he really wants to start a show with me surrounding two black ghost hunters okay. where they're out there actually hunting for ghosts. But the difference is, is he black? he's black. Okay. Yeah. So he, so he wants, started with you, but you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we'll have two black ghost hunters. So uh, Smitty keeps, you. Smitty keeps disappearing, which is like very huh. frustrating in post Malone because sure. I, I think Smitty's like trying to do a bit, but also he's just drunk. So he's just kind of wandering off. Yeah. Ethan is like kind of joking around. He's just kind of like joking around and making, doing bits the whole time. Okay. So, like Post Malone is getting very angry. Like the scariest part of the night was how serious, serious? Post Malone is taking the ghost hunting experience. That mixed with so at one point there's police helicopters like all like surrounding up top, and we couldn't figure out why they were there. Uh huh. And I remember like hiding and running and hiding from the police in like a drainage thing. Were you drunk? No, not really. Because yeah. I we did, we drove a long way. We drove oh, out yeah. to Pasadena. It's this place called Devil's Gate. Whoa! I think is the name that of it. Spooky. Yeah. So you have to like traverse down through this i don't even know it's like this creek bed to get to this gate that looks like the devil essentially this rock formation but it's like in the middle of the night and you can't see anything (laughs) Uh and it sounds like like post malone is jumping very aggressively at any single thing he hears you know (laughs) 
when in reality, like Mike and I are throwing rocks and like sure. just trying to like, trying just to get something to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like he's taken serious, you know. And that's I don't know. That was kind of his mo. We've come down to our final clip of the year. What a year it's been! Just listening to all these clips has really made me nostalgic for um, the beginning of the year. How how much dumber and younger we were. Exactly twelve months younger, probably. I don't know. Look it up. It might be true. It might not be. This has actually made me very emotional because um, last year I didn't have this podcast and I didn't have you guys. And it's really given me a lot of structure, given me a lot of, um, I don't know, just given me a lot of energy and strength having you confidants to talk to and being able to listen to all these amazing people's stories. There's just so many. I thought it'd be easy to pick 10 I liked, but there were so many I left out. Really, all of these episodes are so great. But that being said, here is number 10, uh, one of the top 10 clips from 2018. This was guest Daniel Webb from episode 26. He told a story about how in daycare when he was very young, he uh, used to make out with this other boy who was also in daycare with him when the babysitter just wasn't paying attention. And it went on for a while. And and this was very early on, you know, before anybody knew what anybody's sexuality was. And so we get into talking about how we discover our own sexuality and what it what it was like to be confused, um, you know, because he was, you know, he is bi and I'm bi. And we talk, talk about how that made it even more difficult to, to realize you're queer because you kind of go back and forth between being straight and and uh, queer and and. And I talk about how uh, my mom's preconceptions of sexuality affected my own coming out. So it's a it's a good clip. Here it is. I distinctly remember one of the storylines was because it's a week long. You know what I mean? Like one yeah. storyline lasts forever. And it was a kind of a dream sequence um, of a woman who was locked in this like oh. bedroom. Right. Whoa. But it was dreamy. You know, it was like sure. a, a kind of surreal to set. And so there's fog and shit like that. And she's, con- she's in a flowy white thing <laughs> and she's just trying to get out. Uh, and this handsome man is keeping her captive. <laughs> and I just remember kind of wanting that. Sure. Like I want to be lost in a lovely bedroom of fog Aww. and have some handsome man. There is like a, I do think there's the visceral thing that kids relate to. Cause I think, I don't know if I had, I didn't watch soap operas, but I definitely can relate to like very young, like it's not a necessarily being turned on, but like a titillation, you know, it's an attraction. Yeah. There, can, there's yeah. definitely like a, like some sort of feeling when I, um, uh, watch like the idea of forbidden love. That mm-hmm. was a big thing. And so, or being like captive yes. prisoner, princesses, yes, yes, yes. things like that. So I think that's, uh, I think that's like an innate thing that we have. Well, as if we were just kids and playing a game, you know, just playing mm-hmm. make believe or whatever. I was also always the victim. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm kidnapped. I'm like, no, you got kidnapped last time. Like, it's gonna be somebody. You know what I mean? So I think that also just the narcissistic <laughs> like, like attention me. thing. Right? I think that also feeds into it. Um, what is your secret confession? My, I yeah, this is about You'd be you. Be out of them right now. If this you're is about you. Is that um, a good one? I'm that's to a great one. Well, I can like tell it. you something that's related to that. I'm trying to think. I tipped I two porta shitters, and I feel real guilty about <laughs> that. That's well, I don't think I've. I don't think actually. So I was just talking about this um, with another friend the other day about sort of like uh, early on being in the closet stories, mm. and I didn't have a lot of that when I was young because I being by like I would get crushes on girls, but. 
my mom actually told me that people uh everyone likes women until they turn 18 so i really which is not true that is a really (laughs) what (laughs) that's what she said she said i mean she may have phrased it a little differently but basically i think once i asked her about it and she was like well i don't think she meant to squash me sexually like experimentally i think she really believes it that and maybe she also likes women Uh maybe that's where it comes from um mom if you're listening to this i think she does listen to this but i don't know you can correct me mom <laughs> right no <laughs> but i do because i think she meant like women are like the sex appeal or what's the like right. the peacocks of the absolutely the humans um and that's not quite right but it made sense to me at the time so every time i had a crush on girl i would just be like well i'm not 18 it's so it doesn't mean anything oh uh, see this okay i just did a college <laughs> show in uh basically springfield massachusetts somewhere uh-huh. in there, like two weeks ago <clears throat> it was an all-female college which was great the mm-hmm. audience was so much fun i could just say anything it was like the one of the most fun i've ever had uh, at one of those shows and at the end um, and this happens because it's like the n- first thing I ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't haven't done a lot of college shows, but they send you to the middle of nowhere. Uh, and the number one thing I ask is like, are y'all cool with gay people? Because <laughs> the, the student body can be, but there will be people. Sure. I'll be the first gay person they've ever met, you oh, know, well, or yeah. whatever. So this girl, she's at the back of the room. She's like the uh, person taking names for people coming in. You know, she's like, <laughs> uh-huh. and the whole time she's like arms in the air and having a great time. And she came up, she's 19. Uh, she identifies as a lesbian and she's like half it's all women there's a lot of gay people here but there's just a lot of bigotry and stuff and you know Mm -hmm. she's like thank you you're a breath of fresh air blah 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 and she's 19 and she's doing um she wants her studies to be about the psychological trauma that Mm -hmm. um that teens and you know basically kids go through and how that plays out psychologically later oh yeah And she's 19 and she's talking about this i'm 36 i will always <laughs> say i'm 36 but she's like i she's like i feel like a late bloomer i was like oh me too because there are these yeah uh kind of normal passageways rites of passage you know tropes of life that you get to kind of just take for granted well we go through it later because right you start after you discover something about yourself you don't even get to be in your full identity because mm-hmm. acting reacting naturally to like um attraction sure and muting that is a strange thing to do to yourself wow that's always a fun story um anyways <laughs> that's it that's our 10 clips of 2018 from you can tell me anything the podcast you're listening to right now i've been your host Teresa lee you can follow me at larissa t on twitter and instagram um, if you fo- find me through the podcast give me a little shout i love to hear from you dm me let me know you're a confidant i'll reply don't be creepy uh you know because then i won't reply um but just uh, i like to hear from you guys and i like to hear your, your reviews so if you haven't reviewed the podcast and you want to leave me a little review on iTunes if you uh, DM me or if you tweet at me a screenshot of your five star review I will send you a private confession I always do and uh, you can you, you just do that I don't know why I'm having trouble talking I just made some tea and I'm excited to go drink it if you guys want to leave me a confession call me 323-388-3521 you can leave me a message there a lot of people don't think that number is real it is real call it Leave me a message. I'll hear it. Also, if you guys don't know about the Patreon, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash tellmeanythingpod. I've been leaving little video confessions for my high and mighty chosen ones. And there's different tiers. If you just join the basic tier, I will, uh, I'll, I'll let you listen to the bonus episodes that go up. So 
pretty exciting stuff, guys. That's been it. I really hope you guys all have a happy new year. I hope you stick around for 2019 because we've got some cool things planned. I'm going to do a live show version of this. I'm going to have some cool guests on. I'm super pumped. And I can't wait for the new year. So, goodbye. That's it. Goodbye.